You've been waiting for the call. The call is coming in. Your line of communication to news, intel, and analysis, transmitting to ground stations anywhere on the globe. You're on the Sat Phone. Go. Welcome back to the Sat Phone. I'm your host Joe Ride with my co-host Tuboku. How are you today, Tuboku? Oh, doing good, brother. Fighting that traumatic brain injury. Brother, yours are more traumatic than mine, but I've had many frequent ones too, so I understand. I, have. <laughs> I understand that pain. Well, we appreciate you calling in, and we appreciate uh, you you uh, pushing through the pain. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will appreciate everything you've got to say tonight. We wanted to cover a couple topics tonight. Uh, we're going to keep it relatively short. Uh, we wanted to talk about the current situation in Ukraine, as we have for the last two episodes. And basically, uh, right now, you're hearing the U.S. and global media come out and say the last two days that Russia um, was going to draw down forces and pull forces out, maybe not go into Kiev. And uh, of course, you know, so, some are acting like they're the Russians are losing. Some are just saying it's a peace deal. We think that this isn't over. And actually, as we were going to to record this, I see CNN put up a put up a similar headline that said, you know, don't don't believe Russia. Uh, so we'll walk through a couple of reasons why not to, to believe that. Um, and uh, the second one we want to talk about, there was some gossip going around or some some um, allegations that there was some DOD level encryption on one of Hunter Biden's laptops. So we want to talk about that a little bit as well. So Tuboku, let's kick it off. Let's go straight into the Ukraine situation. Um, we Hi, obviously have, have been we're over a month in right now. Uh, we got many, many things right about uh, what was going to happen to Ukraine. We were saying for for several months that the Russians 100% were going into Ukraine. There was no doubt about it. Even when the media was saying it wasn't going to happen, the politicians, everybody thought that the Russians wouldn't go in. We were sure of it. And not only that, we predicted it down to the, down to the week for sure. And even really within, within a couple of days, we knew, um, we knew yep. when they were going to go in about a month in advance. And the second thing is that uh, we did think it would be a little faster than it was. We thought the Russians would come in a lot harder and kind of, you know, get it done in about two to three weeks. We thought Zelensky would probably, or at least I, I thought Zelensky would deal a lot faster. That's probably the one area that we, that we missed on, but otherwise everything else that we said was going to happen, that Zelensky would sue for peace, that the Russians would continue to make like a pincher movement and, and really come in and kind of like squeeze out the Ukrainians, all those things have happened. And yep. so the, the things that we're hearing about in the last couple of days are that the Russians you know, have suffered all kinds of dramatic losses, uh, that the, there's no popular support, you know, it's a big failure and that, you know, they're ready to, they, they, you know, Putin over, uh, estimated his abilities. Maybe his generals lied to him, whatever the situation is, the media is kind of saying, look, you know, Zelensky is making efforts to, to talk to Putin and this thing is winding down. That's what's been, been being said for the last two days. You and I decided we were going to record because we don't agree with that. And yeah. we knew that uh, that probably wasn't going to happen. What do we think the Russians are going to do in the next 24 to 72 hours? Is there's going to be a coordinated attack? They've already, Putin has his forces in place. The uh, Russians and the Belarusians just completed land bridges across the Piriot River on the Belarusian border with Ukraine, and they're pushing heavy armor and infantry across that border to come in from the north, the um, Chechens. 
are attacking from the north, the separatist forces, Russian separatist forces, they hold the uh, Kalmyus district in the north. Um, they've even put up their separatist flag over the administrative areas. Chechen forces are moving in to uh, the Lizivrimdal, my Russian sucks today, district. That's a big manufacturing. You hold that, now you can start, you know, manufacturing, you know, replacement parts for your tanks and, you know, things like that. One of the things that we haven't seen before that started uh, yesterday was some really, really significant Russian advancements into the Western Front. The uh, Russians have started to move into new T-14 Armada tank divisions into the Western Front. That's really new. Um, they, I think that that's personally... Joe, I think that's a message to NATO. Don't mess, you know, don't mess with us. Um, the other thing is, um, in the south, they're holding the ports in the south. Odessa has changed hands a couple of times, but the Russian Marines, they they still hold Odessa, um, and they're starting their uh, amphibious landing ships are starting to get to the the uh, the docks, and they're moving all supplies. So. Putin's not holding back at all. The other thing that he's done is he's really – they lost a general, and everybody made a big deal about that. A general got killed. A general got killed. Well, we lost two generals in Iraq. So, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. You can keep telling me that it's a big deal, a general, and it is. But it's not like generals don't don't get killed. But what he's done is he talked about that Panzer movement. You remember a couple of months ago we talked about how there were four separate lines of attack, and it was to set up a pincer movement around four major cities. Well, he's got those cities surrounded, and I think what he's doing is he's he's got everything timed now. He's got all his pieces in place, and I think that the timing within the next 72 hours, there's going to be a simultaneous attack on all of these major cities. And the strategy behind that is he cuts off all the Ukrainian forces from being able to cover one another's flanks. Now they're all isolated. So you know, the Ukrainian force on the left can't pivot and cover the flank of a, of a Ukrainian force on the right. It's actually brilliant strategy. We'll go back to what we said about how Putin was studying Norbert Schwarzkopf's strategy in the Gulf War. It's exactly what General Schwarzkopf did to the Iraqis in the first Gulf War. Brilliant strategy. And I think in the next 72 hours, that's what you're going to see. With respect to the suing for peace, I think we all know that they're meeting in Turkey. This is the sixth time that Zelensky sued for peace. The talks in Turkey broke up really quick. It only went for two hours and 45 minutes, man. That's not a serious negotiation. After it broke up, word on the wire was, that um, Zelensky had written a, a handwritten note to Putin and got it to Moscow, and Lavrov delivered it to Putin. And once he, Putin read the love letter from Zelensky, he told Lavrov, you tell that little punk that I'm going to crush him. So whatever was in that note, now I don't know, you know, there's some debate on whether or not, you know, the, it, it was handwritten or whatever. But if that's true, Zelensky... He continues to, to, to defeat the peace process himself. I don't really think he wants the peace process. Russia has started shelling. Their air is up now, Joe. 
The Russian air is now up. The Sahoys are pounding Ukrainian positions. They're using their ship-to-shore missiles are pounding Ukrainian positions. I truly believe that the timing is right now. The gloves are – don't forget, Zelensky said, I'm willing to acquiesce to everything that Putin wants except the Donbass region. Mm -hmm. I want to negotiate the Donbass region. Putin's not going to negotiate the Donbass region, brother. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, you and I, you and I have been saying since the very beginning that the one thing he cannot leave without is Eastern Ukraine, and the second thing I think he won't, he doesn't want to leave without, and he won't leave without is some type of guaranteed buffer that Ukraine is not going to join NATO. Those are the two. Those are the two things that he always really had to have. He he didn't really need to or want to control all of Ukraine from the territory perspective. We said that he we said that he probably would take Ukraine. We meant from a a military or control perspective. Um but he doesn't I I mean, you know, I don't I don't think that's his objective is to to control all the territory of Ukraine. He just needs to make sure that NATO doesn't encroach and he wants that land bridge to Crimea. He wants eastern Ukraine. Yep. And those are the two things he's not gonna leave without him. No. And, and Zelensky has taken Dunbos off, off the negotiating table. Mm. Like, no, 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 we're not going to acquiesce on Dunbos. We want to negotiate that. Vladimir Putin is not going to negotiate Dunbos for the exact reason Joe just said. He's got to have Dunbos so he can pivot left, and he's got that land bridge to the ports on the Black Sea. And right now, the Russian Navy has a blockade around the around southern Ukraine and those ports, nothing gets in, nothing gets out unless the Russian Navy says so. So he's basically laying siege to Ukraine because supplies can't come in. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that his timetable, he was operating on his own timetable, Joe, and I thought we thought he would move a lot faster. But hey, man, you know, we, hey, we thought he'd move faster too, but there were some extenuating circumstances, the weather. Right, he waited too long. He waited too long on that weather, man, and he couldn't get his tanks to go cross country. He had to stay the surface roads. But he had to wait because he he didn't want to piss off the Chinese. That's right. He didn't want to. Piss so off the he Chinese. he was he was sort of in a box where it was like you know if the Chinese weren't having the Olympics, he probably would have done it in January. But oh, because yeah. of that, he was waiting, and he he was waiting till February twentieth, February twenty first, before he really made the move because he had to wait for the Olympics to be over. We also said that. It was a little bit of a, you know, it was a little bit of thread the needle. He he needed to just make sure the only real timeline he had to make sure of was that he didn't let he didn't let NATO and the and the, you know, many of the countries in Europe sort of uh, aggregate willpower, get organized organized and willpower to fight him. And that's where the speed would have been helpful if he could have come in and just done it in two weeks. It would have been done and it would have been too late for NATO. Uh, the longer it went on, the more chance there was for that power to come up. And I, I think that's probably part of his strategy where he's doing this like, okay, we'll negotiate. No, we won't. Uh, okay, we're, we're going to pull yeah, out forces. Exactly. Ah, no, we won't. I think yeah. he's trying to keep he's trying to keep the uh, support for military force in Ukraine un- uncertain, unstable, so that it doesn't it doesn't amass a momentum. Biden's playing right into his hand. I mean, look, Biden goes to Poland. And Biden tells the 82nd Airborne, hey, you're going to be in Ukraine soon. <laughs> oh, dude, huge gas. Then mm-hmm. Biden says, hey, we're going to use chemical weapons in kind of Russia. To... Whoa, what did you just say? And then he, then he calls for regime change. 
So Biden's playing right, and 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 the NATO partners are like, "What the fuck did he just say?" Somebody get that dude a fucking ice cream cone and get him the fuck out of here. And so they had to all start pulling it back. So now they're all on the record saying, hell no, we're not going in, <laughs> into Ukraine. No, 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 no. We're not talking about taking out Putin. Yeah. So now they're all Putin on the record it. basically saying they're not going to do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a total exactly mess. What he wanted. Yeah, he got exactly mess. what he wanted. So one of the things all I'm right. watching, one of the hot spots I'm watching, uh, Joe, is I'm watching Azerbaijan. There's a proxy war happening between Russia and the United States and Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan. I'm watching that. That's going to go hot. So we might be doing us an episode on Azerbaijan. It will start. It is, it's already started. And you will see an escalation and a color revolution to overthrow Russian friendly, the Russian-friendly government. And Russian peacekeepers, if you can call them that, Mm-hmm. Russian peacekeepers are already under attack by pro-Western forces. So stand by on that. Azerbaijan's probably going to go hot, which is plays into Putin's hand of reconstituting the Soviet Union right. or pulling these pulling these, these states under the Russian Federation. So yeah, and pu- pulling the victim our... card. I mean, it, it allows Absolutely. him to pull the victim card. You know, this is something he's been struggling, and you know, frankly, there's a lot of a lot of Americans out there who. Who are buying into the victim card for Putin? Now, I I certainly understand his rationale. I, I think it's reasonable that he doesn't want NATO encroaching on him. I, I get all that, but it's a little difficult to play the, the victim card because you did invade, you know. Um, exactly. But I but I think if yeah if if he can actually start pointing to uh, uprisings and pro Western uprisings and some of his yep. other spheres of influence, it's a lot easier, certainly domestically within Russia, to sell this idea that hey, look, we are under attack here. We're getting, you know, we're getting yep. squeezed. We have to fight. Uh, and you oh, know, absolutely, you know, it's yep. it's it's all you know. It is a big chess match, and um, for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so, you know, he invades Ukraine, and then maybe there's there's unrest in some of the other places, and it. I think that the danger here is that it spirals into the, the world war situation or, you know, certainly broader regional war. And, you know, that's not, that's not really good for anybody. Yeah. I think that's why there's so much talk now domestically about the 25th amendment. The other thing, anybody who thinks that the 25th amendment is a good idea, think about the secession of government, mm-hmm. right? Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Blinken. Think about that before you say, Oh yeah, we want the 25th amendment. <laughs> mm. Think about that. So, all right. So let's. Uh, so we're we're good on Ukraine. We understand what's going to happen basically in the near term. Um, it's 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 going to get worse in Ukraine. That there is no there is no peace unless Zelensky just basically acquiesces to Donbass. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and so he 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 doesn't seem willing to do that. And we kind of talked in the last episode that the longer this goes on, assuming he can avoid getting killed, the longer this goes on, he he's getting more profile. He's becoming a you know he's this 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 hero um i think there's a timeline on that i think if he stretches it too 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 long there's like a delicate dance because if he if it if it if he's seen by the public as having lengthened this beyond a reasonable length of time meaning that he resist okay it's very honorable to resist for your country all that but if he's seen as you know, contributing to the unnecessary death of lots of people. Yeah, they'll blame Putin, but I think at some point there will be backlash on Zelensky. So he's got a he's got a delicate dance, but he's 
you know, he, he, he could, he could end this. I mean, I, I, I get it's a, it's a pretty, you know, um, unpleasant choice to make, but the writing's well, on the wall. That, he's, he, he's not going to keep Dunboss. Yeah. You said that last episode though, Joe, that he's got to know exactly when to pop smoke. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's delicate, dude. That, that, that's the trick, right? Is actually knowing when to pop smoke. Look, this guy already pulls down a, 11.5 mil a year, right? He's got a $34 million home in Miami. Brother's living good. You know, he's not, there's no reason for him to continue. I get the whole, what if somebody invaded your country, yada, yada. Dude, look, you got the Azov Brigade. Have you seen the arm patches these guys wear, the Azov Brigade? I have. I've seen it up close and personal. I've talked to these guys. You know what they got? They wear the Gestapo armband. That's the Azov Brigade. These guys are actual, not neo-Nazis. We talked about this before. These guys are actual Nazis. I've seen this shit up close and personal. These guys wear the Gestapo armband with the Gestapo death skull, and they have the Gestapo death skull on their frigging unit insignia. These guys are real, no kidding, gee whiz Nazis. So that yeah, whatever with the with the whole fucking Ukraine's a democracy and Zelensky's a good guy. Anyway, yeah. enough of that. Yeah, move on. All right, so let's move on to the next the next topic. I know you know for those of you who aren't as interested or kind of tuned out on what's going on in Ukraine, and you're more interested, totally understand, more interested on what's going on here in this country. Of course, we got the southern border. Maybe we can do an episode on that. But the other the other big thing, and it's it's really it's not a it's not a distraction. This Hunter Biden laptop. Um, Hunter Biden himself is a distraction. I mean, yeah, he's depraved and all that, and it's like, you know, okay, yeah, I know it's it's sort of uh, tantalizing sometimes, or, or, you know, just to look into all this, his personal failings, the drugs and the hookers and and all this stuff. But the reason the laptop's important is because it's the dot connection between Joe and his puppets and Hunter. And it's, it's even, yeah, it's the Biden, Biden crime family, but it's also representative of the fact that our government has essentially been taken over by you know, political elite oligarchs and, and the connected class that are essentially selling our country for personal and family gain. And this is, you know, whether it's the Carries or whether it's probably the Bushes or whether it's the Clintons or whether it's the Bidens or all the rest. I mean, this is the name of the game is that you get in, you sell your country, you make money for your family. And, you know, it's not government service anymore. You're not serving anyone. You're not serving, you're serving yourself. It's not the way the founders wrote it up. Right. right. This is the not some sacrifice up. anymore. This yeah. is not like, you know, put putting on the uniform and, and going to Iraq for $19,000 a year. Exactly. That's that's service. That's service to your country. But, you know, becoming a, a senator, becoming a secretary of state, becoming a president and walking out with millions of dollars when you're getting paid 140000 a year or 400 yeah. for the president or whatever, yeah. that's not service to your country that's service to yourself. And that's, that's what's happened. So anyway, the, the reason the laptop's important is because it's the, it's the documentation that will at some point, at least if not convince in a court of law, convince in public court of public opinion, that this is, this is, this is the model. This is not an outlier. This is the way that it works. You should follow the laptop story. Jack Maxey, 
has has been out there really trying to leak out um, yeah, yeah. documentation, but he's not doing it for fun. He's trying to be strategic about it. He's trying to build up support among sheriffs in the United States who can actually yeah. prosecute some of these things independent of the DOJ and even the state. Um, so he's, he's trying to be strategic about it. He's also, uh, traveled through Europe and he's visiting, uh, embassies, not just American embassies. I think he's in Switzerland right now. He's also threatening or, or promising to go, uh, try and get some of these NATO, other European and NATO countries involved because there's basically proof of corruption all over the place. And he's got <laughs> multiple copies of all this. It touches a lot of people. Dangerous game. I mean, he's, he's definitely a brave guy. Um, and, and he's trying he's trying to take he's trying to take avenues that others haven't. And you'll actually notice that uh, he had given a copy of the Hunter Biden laptop to Chuck Grassley like a year and a half or two years ago. I mean, a long time right. ago. And there really wasn't much. And I think even Jack, I won't speak for him, but even Jack was getting frustrated with the fact that Grassley hadn't done anything with it. And just this week, Grassley's out there standing up at the Senate and and making comments and even showing some of these emails that are on the laptop that are starting to connect the dots of the corruption that's going on. But here's the, here's the story that we want to talk about. There was some, there were some allegations made that started floating around on the internet that talked about Hunter Biden's laptop having DOD level encryption keys. Um, now had this been true, uh, this would have really been representative of something very 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 deep i mean it's already pretty deep i mean the fact that we've got somebody sitting in the white house right now who has a son and a brother who are taking money from chinese intelligence and all kinds of other shady characters around the world um but this would have shown even more coordination from the intelligence community in the dod um now look i still think that a lot of those guys are are involved, you know, look at the Comey's, look at the uh, Brennan's, look at the Clappers. I mean, there's plenty of evidence these guys have, have in some way enabled this type of behavior or, 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 or exploited it at the very Absolutely. least for their own benefits. Um, but if, if this laptop had really had DOD <laughs> encryption on it, it would have meant, and I'll let Tuboku explain this a little bit more, but it would have meant that some of the people at the highest levels of our intelligence community were somehow working with Hunter Biden which, you know, would, would have been a pretty big story. Let me read this real quick. This was the, one of the original posts that I saw. There may have been others, but it said, Hunter Biden laptop has DOD encryption keys. Hunter is not in our government. He's not part of the DOD. What are these keys linked to? Which agencies? Who are the direct contacts allowed by each DOD encryption key? Were these keys all compromised when the laptop went missing? Uh, before it went to the computer shop, what information was allowed by the holder of these encryption keys, uh, and so on and so on. Tuboku, I had contacted him and said, hey, can you know, you're, you're, you're a technical whiz. Can you give us a little bit of background about what the implications of this would be if they were true? Do you think they're true? Why, why not? And so I'm going to let Tuboku uh, give us a very quick tutorial on, on the status of this. Joe's right. Um, whenever he first told me about that, he my first reaction was if somebody loaded an NSA whole disencryption generator on Hunter Biden's laptop, we got a big problem. That would mean that Hunter Biden is an IC asset and a Chinese asset. Now we got a problem. So started digging into this and what the truth behind it is, as much as we hate Hunter Biden, 
that there's an email on Hunter Biden's laptop that talks about a, a Burisma executive sent Hunter Biden an email thanking him for introducing him to Joe Biden and and the opportunity to play golf with Joe, and it has his digital signature on it. So if you don't know what that is, we're talking about the digital signature standard. What that means is you digitally sign an email with your private key. That means that there is absolutely no way anybody else signed it. So now I can validate the origin. I can validate the integrity of the data in the email. And I can validate the confidentiality of the email. So now we know that, sure as shit, a Burisma executive digitally signed an email to Hunter Biden. So, and, and how does, you say, well, how does digital signature standard work? So if you go... And you say, let's say you refinance your home, and they send you all of your documentation with a, 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 an application called DocuSign. DocuSign is doing nothing but using the digital signature standard. It's encrypted with 1024-bit encryption. That means the work factor, and I know I'm getting a little geeky here, but the work factor is a million years to break that encryption, this we call it the work. How long would it take? Take a million years to break that encryption. Not going to happen. So it was not DOD level encryption keys on this hard drive. It was a digitally signed email from a Burisma executive. Why? How, how, why do you think that this would have been misinterpreted? Do you think that this was somebody who didn't? Is it possible that somebody just didn't know what they were looking at? Is it possible that this is just yeah. propaganda? It was somebody, oh, my God, it's, it's DOD-level encryption. Sure, DO, DOD uses the digital signature standard to sign emails. I'm not going to get much into it about how it's used every day and how I know about all this, but it's used every day to sign emails. And mm -hmm. when you get an email that's been signed with a digital, digital certificate, you'll see a little icon of a certificate in the lower left-hand corner of that email, and if you hover your mouse over it, it will tell you digitally signed. So he could have received an email from somebody within the DOD, you know. Oh, absolutely. Just and to, it would have been digitally yeah. signed. Right. So absolutely. then they right. So somebody could have seen that. So look, there's plenty of stuff to go after Hunter Biden around. And and this absolutely. this seems like a nothing burger. And, and oh by the way, if it if that hard drive was encrypted with DOD level encryption. Nobody would know what's on it. <laughs> right. There would be no way to look at that hard drive. So let's stay focused. Uh, you know, there's, like I said, there's, you know, people have reported that there's uh, child porn on that, on that hard drive. Uh, there's obviously plenty of, of links to the Chinese CCP. There's links to corruption in Ukraine. There's, there's just, I mean, it's, it's just depraved. It's treasonous. There's plenty of evidence on there. There's evidence that uh, that Joe Biden was taking 10 percent of his of Hunter Biden's gains. Uh, there's all kinds of evidence on there to go after Hunter and Joe and James and anybody else with a Biden last name, probably. Um, so we don't need to waste our time on on this. So I appreciate that. I think, um, you know, it's important for it's important for us to um, help people 
stay out of the confusion, stay out of the, the noise. Let's help people figure out what to stay focused on in terms of what, what is actually important in your life. And, and this DOD encryption thing is not really a story as far as we can tell. Yep. It's like you said, brother, it's nothing, brother. Although you, although you did say something interesting, which was that, you know, we'd have a big problem if he's a USIC agent as well as a uh, Chinese agent. But I would say we have a pretty big problem that he's a Chinese agent. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Touche, you got me. <laughs> we got a big, big problem that the son of the fake president uh, has been selling our country out on behalf of the fake president. That's a big problem. Don't forget, Brennan and Clapper were known for running off the book, off the books intelligence operations. They were known for that. They were famous in the IC, drove everybody nuts about these guys running their own off the books, breaking intelligence operations that nobody knew anything about. Well, I certainly hope if they if they were ever running programs that actually did benefit the United States national security, I sure hope they were better run than the bullshit that they ran on Trump. Oh, shit. Because that was a colossal disaster of an operation. That was fucking amateur hour, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's the shit that they were pulling in the shadows, no wonder we're so fucked. Yeah, exactly. I could get a bunch of kindergartners to run a freaking operation better than that. So, all right. Well, Tuboku, I I greatly appreciate it. We're gonna try and get this posted as quickly as possible. Um, all right, brother. I know I know that our audience appreciates your your insight and expertise on all these areas: geopolitical whiz, tech whiz, military history whiz. I mean, you name it. Tuboku is like top shelf, top shelf. So we are so lucky that he's brother. Appreciate he's our you, co-host here. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us on the Sat Phone. We really appreciate you listening. We hope that you'll subscribe. We are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, we do post on both Getter and Gab. You can check out at Sat Phone and at Tuboku. That's T U B O K U. Tuboku. And, right, little uh, yellow sister. <laughs> all you have to do if you if you follow him and you see his profile picture you'll know where the name come from and if you really <laughs> want to know where the name came from you'll listen to episode one of sad episode one <laughs> where we picked that name for him so anyway thank you for for listening we hope you'll subscribe please stay tuned and we will talk to you next time out, out. you've been on the sad phone don't forget to subscribe to the Sad Phone on your favorite podcast service. Until the next call, out. <laughs>